0: It's DTS 68, we have a ton of news to talk about today, including hard mode. You're listening to Destiny the Soul. Welcome, Guardian. What's good, everybody? It's BBK Dragoon, here with my awesome co-host, Diddy.
1: How are you doing today? Doing all right. Surviving the Texas flash flood raining that's been going on. Is that a result of Patricia? I think so, yeah. It's just like, man, for the last four days, constant rain. And it's not raining right now, but it's supposed to in a couple hours.
0: Hmm. Dude, shoutouts to people who are in Mexico. I have family who were like right in the heart of where it was class five and they evacuated right. and all that stuff with 200 mile an hour
1: sustained winds that is i can't even like imagine what that must be like can we just like petition Bungie? you know if they ever add america to the bun- the destiny universe give us like a hurricane season in game that would be awesome
0: or what about a hurricane subclass where you summon the wind like the last airbender and you literally, like, your melee shoots little tornadoes at people.
1: Oh, my goodness. Take and it, like, Bungie. throws
0: the guardians up in the air and they're spinning. You have to try and shoot while you're caught in this tornado. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Ugh. I, I was thinking about it this week. If Bungie allowed me a fourth and fifth character slot, I would be so happy Because you'd have all these people, you'd have somebody with, like, five Warlocks who just run the raid five times a week, you know? (laughs) I wonder if they... I don't know. I bet Destiny 2, as I'm getting off track, and we have a ridiculous amount of news to talk about this week, I wonder in Destiny 2 if they're going to bring in new subclasses. I really hope that they keep building the roster so, like, Destiny 2 has six subclasses in total, including the three we have now. That would just be... It's cool because, wow, when I look at all the different classes and WoW, something over 10, 11, 12, I can't remember the exact number right now, but it'd be nice to have that. I don't know, spitballing. So. News. Okay, so Hard Mode released this Friday. The World First happened in an hour and 17 minutes, so shout-outs to uh, Master Chief right there. People who ended up getting uh, World First was Clan Forever Live, and they completed it, like I said, in just a little bit over an hour, which was very surprising to me how quick that happened. And then a little bit of controversy surrounding the winners. uh, The guy who was streaming ended up saying some, I don't know, kind of salty things towards other streamers. And right after you get World First, right, everybody on Twitter is tweeting you out, and suddenly you have a gajillion people hopping into your stream right that you maybe normally wouldn't have adrenaline is rolling and so you might be you know feeling yourself you say a little too much and then you get a big backlash from the community so did i do a nice job summing that up i don't want to fire shots here
1: i would say so um you know humble in victory or whatever you know yeah Um, yeah just i don't know when the whole world's watching you it's kind of like there's less pressure that you have to you know do or say the right thing and I don't think that was the case this time but oh well yeah I'll, I'll, I'll read Deej's tweets here he tweets out
0: world's first is world's first friends we'll pay them the respect they deserve and see if we can inspire them to do likewise the competitive spirit can get the blood up let's enjoy our video games and be excellent to each other all guardians deserve respect
1: yeah, and this just reminded me, there's this League of Legends professional player, Doublelift. He's famous for just trash-talking everybody, and yeah. he might not perform the best, but he's definitely proven himself to be one of the best players in the world, so he might not always be uh, this, you know, cuddly teddy bear, and he trash-talks a lot, you know. It's part of competitive video games, so sometimes you just meet those players. and And some personalities form out of that what is
0: new in hard mode like what's changed hey by the way guys if you don't want to know what's new if you don't want the experience spoiled then you can just jump ahead probably five minutes into the show but we're going to go through each of the fights we're just going to say what's changed and what hasn't changed if that's a spoiler to you and you want that totally fresh hard mode experience no problem we'll see in five minutes what is new uh just getting into the raid in
1: terms of like opening the relic doors didn't Didn't look like anything in classic hard mode fashion yeah. This is true for the whole raid. You can't revive. So if you die, yeah. your your fire team can't revive you unless you have self-res, you know, then you do yep, it yourself. Yep. Um, but in terms of the first encounter, which is going to be opening the portal, um, I think there's not really th- much that's changed here. Enemies are level 42 here, and um, I believe the relics, they despawn quicker. Yeah. Um, but when we did the hard mode raid, we didn't run into relics despawning that much exactly just a, just a bit of lag when uh relics were not being picked up and it was you know but nothing really has changed there
0: the prove your worth room which is the room you do right before the war priest i noticed the only difference was there was a major knight that spawned instead of the hallowed no what are they what was the other kind of knight that used to spawn
1: oh i don't know I can't remember? but it, <laughs> the there's like knights. one extra major knight it doesn't change the fight all that much. We in totally fact, skipped the the jump puzzle, by the way. And by the way, I'm super surprised that I called this last show. That little checkpoint platform is missing from the ship jump puzzle. Yeah. You and the ships, they go. go a little bit quicker. So you have to be a little bit quicker on your feet. But I thought it was hilarious that I just totally called that. I don't, it's so random. Like, whenever <laughs> has the hard mode changed the geometry? Like, the
0: actual geometry where they, they took the platform away. That makes no sense to me that you Man, we need a <laughs> DTS prediction hall of fame where I just put together a five minute segment of what we called and what came to be we should that should do it. happen. So the War Priest. So we did Jump Puzzle, we did the preview worth room. War Priest is like the same health pool, except when he like consumes those pillars, each one of those pillars he consumes does a different thing for him. And what are those?
1: he gains a few new attacks right so if the middle pillar is destroyed the war priest will have tracking bolts from like taken hobgoblins yeah Um, if the right one's taken he gains a blinding attack similar to the taken captains and if the left pillar is taken then the war priest fires off uh, taken centurion-esque bolts so those are homing but those are also a little bit slower
0: i don't know many fire teams that it still takes them four cycles to down him the Destiny, Tracker, and Pineapple Boys beat him in a two cycle. I've seen a lot of people do a one cycle Touch of Malice, and since his health pool is still the same, I don't think many Guardians are going to struggle with this at all as long as they're familiar with the fight from normal. Does that,
1: you know, yeah, is that true? Yeah, I would say, honestly, the best scenario, or the best, you know, DPS values you can get are using the hard raid, or the raid weapons with Cocoon. Just empty your mag, switch weapons, empty the mag, switch weapons, empty the mag, because it's re... Uh, reloaded or just use black spindle and war priest is you know significantly easier than we would expect yep so golgaroth now when you stand in that pool
0: of reclaim reclaiming light two people get basically debuffed with this thing called unstable
1: light how does that work so there's a countdown timer for the debuff uh, i think it's countdowns from 10 um, after standing in the pool for a little bit two guardians are marked at the end of that countdown timer it, they kind of release this aoe explosion that damages around them so if you're standing next to your fire team it's gonna wipe you (laughs) yeah or it's gonna kill your teammates and that's not gonna be good because you can't revive your teammates here so you know the two people who get debuffed, they count down to like three or two and then they just jump out of the middle area to uh protect their fire team
0: there are more Cursed Thrall, and Golgoroth also shoots a lot more orbs at the person who has the gaze. So having like a, a pulse rifle. Orbs. I remember Azure being like, "Oh, well, that's a lot of orbs when <laughs> I tuned in on the stream. And it, it is when you see it, he shoots a lot more orbs at you. So you just kind of have to have somebody who's on Cursed Thrall duty now when you're down in the pit. And there's more Taken that spawn at the second half of the fight. But overall, did, did this really cause stumbling for you and the team, dude? It didn't seem like this was that much harder for Golgoroth.
1: To be honest, when I did hard mode, I didn't even get to the, the War Priest, but I did watch a lot of fire teams do the Golgotha fight. Uh, and yeah. it did prove to be challenging because of the debuff and um, a lot of fire teams struggling to do the six bubble strat. And by the way, Destiny Tracker and the Pineapple Boys confirmed you can do a one bubble strategy on Golgotha hard mode. They did it. That's how they completed it. Just one bubble down, fail to capture the gaze, and continue on it's possible it's doable
0: so when you get to the daughters the timer basically the 1 minute timer of their hymn starts like immediately right after you've done your dps cycle on the first one
1: yeah so the hymns they they last for a minute and there's usually after the first hymn is done there's usually like this 10 second period cooldown between them in normal mode that's not the case in hard mode. It's going to immediately start from the second daughter because it's you got to be on your toes this time. So as soon as you DPS the daughter and that him flashes your screen white, be ready to go for that next, for that next Boom, platform. Boom, get to your yeah.
0: platforms, have your runner. You can't miss, basically. If your runner misses, it's done. So, And that's all that's really different there. Oryx is the fight that's going to have people really pissed off because... It's like light level 325, basically. Everything's 42. A lot of the enemies, if you're under 310 light, can one-shot you, which is really crazy. (laughs) So in addition to the ogre spawning, there will be a knight that spawns near the platform of the ogres. And those are just another target that you have to DPS really quickly before you do your staggering amount of damage to Oryx. And it looked tough. This this portion of the raid, I know, caused issue for a lot of folks. What did you think seeing it?
1: Yeah, it definitely d- does cause a lot of uh, issues because the knights that spawn in as they say, around the same time as the ogres, they will actually consume the uh, Corrupted Light blights. So yeah. Um, yeah. They'll, they'll just go it. away yeah, and yeah. you'll lose that DPS on Oryx. And that's kind of necessary, this fight. So, yep. um, you know, g- platformers, guardians are going to need to, you know, really focus down those nights as soon as they spawn in so that you can maintain those corrupted lights so you can deal damage to Oryx. And um, the fact that it's level 320 light, um, someone did the math on Reddit, I think, that being 15, 20 light levels down in hard mode, yeah, it's difficult, but it's not as significant as being one level down on Crota hard mode when we were only level 32. Because they just it's like twenty-five or twenty-six percent damage reduction as opposed to thirty-three. So it's not as difficult as it was, but since there are so many more mechanics involved in the Oryx fight than there was at Crota, it's going to be seem a lot more difficult.
0: If you're under three ten, it's gonna be freaking hard. Like in terms (laughs) of staying alive. Like those over three ten, I've heard not having that big of an issue, but I've seen acolyte eyes like either one-shot or two-shot people. And those things, if you don't prior prioritize those targets, dude, that's going to be painful. Yeah, my um, issue
1: is when we were running the hard mode, I said, if we can just get to Oryx, that's fine. Because I'm only level 303 light. I'm still being shafted in boot drops. My boots are only 295 light. That's the only thing keeping me under 305. And so, like, if we can just get there, that's fine. I can step out. You can do Oryx by yourself. Because I know I'm not going to be able to do the DPS, um, but at this point, you know, I think, I think I could do it at 303. It's just going to be really difficult. The thing is, if somebody
0: dies in the oryx fight, it's basically a wipe. Like that's yeah. that's the difficulty here. Mechanically, if you have two people die, yeah, good luck. Right? It's that's where no mistakes make that difficulty. Speaking of rewards, let's actually talk about the gear that can drop um harrowed weapons are what are dropping and they're the same as the normal mode raid weapons only they can drop at a max of 320 and they have a darker visual look guess what they're not elemental so all of you who got poopy face with me when i did my smite of moraine review on planet destiny's (laughs) channel Hard mode's going to have elemental damage. No, No, they did not. Luke Smith actually commented on NeoGAF this last week, saying that those are a thing of the past, that legendary primaries were a mistake, and we won't be seeing them moving forward with Legendary
1: elemental primaries were a mistake. Yes. Did I just say legendary primaries? Yeah. (laughs) Legendary primaries
0: are a (laughs) mistake. Okay. I'm going to... I'll retreat into my hole (laughs) now. No,
1: but he said the elemental primaries were an issue because they just because they had that elemental damage they just outclassed every other weapon so so what does that like, make zalo supercell i know it's an exotic but yeah see that's the thing we don't know because it's the only elemental primary in the taken king at this point right is it i don't want to make that somebody's gonna yell at us somebody's no. gonna yell at us but i think it's. i really think it's the only elemental primary in the game and to be honest there are better weapons Even though it has that elemental damage, there are better weapons than Zalo's Supercell. I got the Valus Scout Rifle this week. Nice. Yeah. I
0: don't know. It doesn't look that cool. It looks (laughs) like a scout. So I think a lot of people are to get to light level 310. You're going to actually have to run hard mode up until Oryx. And you might just have to be doing farming runs to get gear, you know, to get that higher light level gear without just you know because if you're just going to grind normal mode over and over it's going to take forever to get to 310 but if you can just go do war priest and gold to work on getting gear to get you above 310 for that oryx fight that's that's what i'm going to
1: have to do man my max light is like 305 i'm exactly (laughs) like the that's one of the reasons i wanted to run the hard mode rate as 303 because i knew i had the potential to get gear that would boost my light level up as i continued on and i would be closer to that max 320 for the oryx fight once we got there because i'm so glad we can use motes of light to upgrade our gear right now because as soon as you get that drop in the hard raid you just equip it and then just use motes of light and then you have all the perks already that's amazing i love that
0: I've spent like 400 moats since the game
1: came out. <laughs>
0: I came into it with like 600. I'm down to my last 100. I'm like a drug addict. <laughs> I need more moats. Where's the moats? Give me the moats. So let's hop onto the cool thing that, you know, eSport News, Activision and Blizzard are now using like the, CE, the former CEO of ESPN and the NFL Network, Steve Bornstein, and former MLG co-founder and president, Mike Sepso. They are coming together to create a new division for Activision Blizzard completely focused on esports, correct? Yes. That's insane. And these guys, I'm going to quote from the article here. Where is it? Last year, Activision Blizzard created entertainment that was viewed and played by over 150 million people. This is Steve Bornstein talking here, the former CEO of ESPN, which is crazy. He says, "I believe esports will rival the biggest traditional sports leagues in terms of future opportunities. And between advertising, ticket sales, licensing, sponsorships, and merchandising, there are tremendous growth areas for this nascent industry. Nascent? How do you, nascent? Nascent? Did he? Uh, sure." Okay, great. I'm excited to help Activision Blizzard further its leadership position in eSports. And the little press release also noted that Destiny has been cited as the most watched console game on Twitch. So every, you know, the big games that fall under this whole umbrella, you guys, are Call of Duty, Hearthstone, StarCraft, Heroes of the Storm, um, and of course
1: Destiny and a few others. So, what does this mean, Diddy? You know, I actually made a commentary, a video commentary about this on my YouTube, ta- YouTube channel. <laughs> Uh, and it's the first commentary I had scripted in a while. Um, but I actually talked about Destiny Esports, and I posed the question, is it even possible? Because there are so many factors in Destiny, you know, and this is all in the commentary. You know, factor in, or let's look at the most successful uh, esports shooters, Call of Duty, Counter-Strike, and Halo. Those are the top three, I think. They're, they all do multiplayer for esports, okay? So let's look at Destiny multiplayer, Crucible. We have Supers, uh, Spart- uh, Spartan, uh, Guardian Abilities, all this other stuff that makes the game uh, slightly imbalanced. And, you know, the most competitive uh, game modes in Destiny Crucible are Iron Banner and Trials of Osiris. And they both have some uh, matchmaking issues, applause, yeah. issues yeah. that, yeah. imbalances. You know, I think everybody openly
0: would admit it's not perfectly balanced.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can just take an Iron Banner game and uh, slap commentators on it and it would be an eSport. I really don't think so because light level factors in and light level is determined on the gear that you get and the gear that you get is determined by RNG. So if I'm like the best player in the world, which I'm not, obviously, but hypothetically, if I was the best player in the world, but I didn't have the best gear... And throw me into Iron Banner, I can't do anything because the other people who have gotten the better drops are most likely going to win. You know, obviously my game skill is going to be a factor, but if I don't have the gear, no chance. So there's definitely issues uh, when you initially think about uh, Destiny esports, but I think there would have to be a lot of conversations about how to make Destiny balance. And if you strip, strip it down to make everyone on an even playing field That just ruins all of Destiny's customization and uh, character identity that players have uh, come to know and love because you, you play as a warlock, you identify yourself as a warlock player, but if I strip all that down to give you jump, grenade, and melee, are you really still a warlock?
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh, it's, you raise a perfect question. You know, if you limit the sandbox and strip away a lot of the personal choice, Destiny Crucible loses a factor that's unique to it as a shooter game mm-hmm, so exactly it's not happening before destiny 2 there is no spec mode there is no private matches coming before destiny 2 i'm just throwing that out there right now i don't think we're going to see anything competitive regarding destiny supported in a really official manner until destiny 2 it's it's a bummer but at this point it's not happening they've said for over a year
1: yeah we know you would like private matches yeah we'll work on it sometime. exactly <laughs> okay it's like. A friend of the show mentioned this on Twitter. He's like, or he mentioned it on my YouTube video. He's like, just competitive eSports Destiny would not happen unless we have, um, I don't know what he said exactly, but it was the idea of give the community custom games and Forge or one or the other. And then I said, yeah, let the community figure it out because the Destiny community, if you could, (laughs) man... The custom games and forge options in games these days are amazing for game developers because instead of having a hundred game developers you know figure a game mode out, you have millions of people to figure it out, and then you yeah. just look at the most popular options and then adapt it. you know I would love
0: it. I played you know Halo Two custom games with Sassy and epost this week. We're getting ready for Halo Five this Tuesday. It's nice. just so fun with your friends to be able to load up on Sanctuary, BR Starts, Magnum, Secondaries, and just play 1st to 25. I would love to be able to do that in Destiny or just imagine if there was an infection game mode. If there were a lot of game modes that were created by the community, we're derailing. We've got so much more to talk about. Um, <laughs> Shadow Shot Glitch was kind of fixed. They basically just disabled Quiver, right? Yeah, that's it. So when's a real
1: fix going to happen? Because isn't Quiver something you guys want to have? in pvp i would think that most night stalkers would run quiver um i personally don't uh, because i i almost never hit the quiver shots um so i use i actually use black hole i think i mentioned this on the podcast before uh just having that aoe denial for that suppression is so useful in my opinion but in pvp having three shadow shots is definitely nice because even if you miss it You know, there is that little smaller radius of suppression that can happen, Uh, but I think Bungie just wants to get trials out, and they just put the Band-Aid on Quiver, and they said, we're going to figure it out later, and honestly, there are better uh, gunner, hunter subclass options for trials, like Gunslinger and Blade Dancer. Those are obviously going to be better with Blink and Golden Gun, Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Okay. The Nightfall
0: rewards have been buffed, something we've been complaining about for a while. The base level of Nightfall legendary rewards has been uh, increased by 10, attack or defense, depending on what item you're picking up. It's increased the chance of a legendary drop by 10%, so it's now 60% chance of a legendary reward from doing the Nightfall. Uh, increase the number of strange coins or three of coins rewards. Ghosts have been added to the legendary reward loot table. Those have been pretty rare up until now for dropping. Yep. And bosses can continue to drop their unique legendary items if it's a certain strike. And you can no longer get antiquated runes from the loot tables. Is that enough, Dinny? Our nightfall's back?
1: yeah I think nightfalls are back because I ran it again and it was Dusk Palace and I ran it a few times. I got two I got the two flare Cloaks that I wanted, and when it is oh, a Nightfall, wow. it, does, it does seem to um, affect the strike-specific loot drops a little bit more, because even if you run the Nightfall, you get the Nightfall loot, right? Yeah. You can keep running that strike, because those strike-specific rewards drop from the bosses themselves and not from the endgame reward screen.
0: Oh, cool. Now, for the weekly update... I am sorry to the Iron Banner people who said gear wasn't dropping the way that it was supposed to. Guess what? It wasn't. I'll quote Lars Bakken here, the design lead. We uncovered a nasty bug that affected how legendary drops happen throughout Crucible, including Iron Banner. And they're working hard so that the next one will work as intended. So you you all were right. No, yeah, there weren't (laughs) enough rewards dropping. In my like 55 games, I said I saw like maybe 7 to 10 drops. So That's obviously was in the luckiest lobbies ever because apparently some of you didn't see anything happening and you were right. So I'm sorry. Did he win his trials coming back? October thirtieth. Oh yeah. I also want to note that this weekend I was streaming a little bit on my Titan and I got him up to light level two eighty seven. I wonder why I would do that right before trials of Osiris with the Titan. Hmm. <laughs>
1: this is gonna be a fun Friday. <laughs> (laughs) I'm going to laugh if they hotfix sunbreakers for that damage reduction (laughs) right before (laughs) There will be a reaction
0: gif posted if that's the case from me (laughs) Like jaw drop Salvaged relic data is now decrypted Not of consequence Evening guardian Earn your honor guardian Titan survey data requested by The messy true story of behind the making of destiny that is a horribly written is that what it really actually is is that the title the, behind the making true of destiny.
1: story behind there we the go making of destiny
0: i added an of in our show notes that's why that <laughs> came awful so this is an article on kotaku let's frame this whole thing there is no sources quoted here other than sources in true gaming journalism fashion The sources are unnamed and want to stay unnamed, so you have to take this entire article with a grain of salt. You try and turn in, like, an essay to your college professor, and your works cited page just says in quotation, sources. You tell me how that works out for you, Okay what <laughs> somebody do but, that and then tweet us the results please no we are not gonna get in trouble for you for that we are not held responsible dts is the final season is coming up
1: get those papers done <laughs> <Guardians>. sources <laughs>
0: that would be a good troll anyway so this is a long article it details the production cycle of destiny throughout you know its early inception to release and confirms now i'm air-quoting, confirms, because these are just sources. We don't know if any of this is true or not. That in 2013, the Destiny story was basically retooled, completely overhauled, and that the there's a lot of cut stuff that didn't make it into Destiny. It's been a time crunch. It's been difficult for them to actually get stuff out the door in the time manner that they needed to. So let's just start at the top. In 2013, they were shown a story supercut. Jason Jones and the top brass at Bungie were shown... A supercut. Diddy, what is a supercut? You actually made one of the ghost.
1: Supercut is just basically a a large overview of what they want to happen. So they just, you know, the major plot points in the Destiny story, they just presented it to top Brass. Yeah. So Joseph Statton huge
0: personality in the Bungie world. He was leading the Destiny writing team. They showed a two-hour video that basically showed the game's cinematics and major story elements, and this is in July 2013, and they showed it off to the studio leadership. They didn't like it. Jason Jones did not think it was uh, up to snuff. Apparently, things that they were complaining about, the story was too linear and it was too Campy. And so they made the decision to completely retool the story in 2013. Now, they thought the game was coming out in March or May of 2014. So, less than a year before Destiny's actual release, they said, no, this story won't do. They would devise a totally new plot over the next couple of weeks, overhaul Destiny, and try to just re stitch together a version that would ultimately ship in September 2014. Which to me, that just sounds crazy. But we had heard rumors of this for the last year, had we not, did he?
1: Yeah, and if you think about it in terms of a game development cycle, um, you know they had been working on Destiny for years before yeah. this, and this, that's what they presented. You know, years of work, and then less than a year before, they scrapped the story, right? Yeah. Think about what also goes on to storytelling, game animations, game worlds. Yeah. yeah voice actor lines, all of that other stuff, music, sound effects, all that stuff is also cut when you cut story story yep. plot points, you know? And, oh, my goodness, that's – it makes a lot of sense in retrospect. You know, playing Destiny, it seems like there's a lot of stuff missing. That's probably because they – what they presented in vanilla Destiny was what was kept because they had the game animations, the game worlds, the voice acting, the music, all that stuff already done, but, you know, now that we've seen House of Wolves, Taken King, really improve upon the story, it almost seems like this is the stuff that they've been working on the past year or two ever since they made that big cut. Totally. So right after the
0: cut, and I'm going to do a long quote here because I thought this was pretty interesting. Over the next few months, Jones, Jason Jones, did two pivotal things, sources said. He designed the interface we know as the director, a sleek set of maps in which missions are presented as nodes within each planet. He also organized a series of extensive meetings called Iron Bar, where he and other top creators at Bungie, like art director Chris Barrett and design lead Luke Smith, would figure out how to cobble together a new, less linear plot for the game. This small group of developers spent the next two weeks, sketching out a new plot and figuring out how to fit in the story missions they'd created over the past few years. In the weeks after the reboot, the Iron Bar group, along with a team of designers and producers called Blacksmith eh, because they'd hammer and polish the Iron Bar, came up with a new plan for Destiny. They rescoped the game, cutting out the Dreadnought and moving it to the expansion, which was then called Comet. They changed the order in which players would progress between each planet, and they cut apart each story mission, splicing together encounters from a variety of old pieces to form the chimera that was Destiny's new campaign. Casualties of this process included characters like Osiris and Charlemagne, an artificial intelligence on Mars who was promoted in early Destiny previews but never actually appeared in the game. Other characters like the Crow and Osiris' assistant were rewritten and recycled, becoming respectively Prince Uldren and the Stranger. Many of the story missions that actually shipped with Destiny were stitched together from older ones, sources said. Joe Statton left the company during the midsummer reboot, although Bungie didn't announce his departure until September 2013. Two sources say the parting was not amicable, and when I reached out to him, Statton declined To comment for this article, so end quote right there. Tons of info dump there. Let's talk real quick. If you actually go back and watch the 2013 E3 demo, which I did right before we recorded this, at the very end of it, there are a ton of cutscenes that are not in the game that we have played, and the crow is actually you know talking with your guardian, pointing a gun at him, saying, "This is how we communicate out here in the wild." Which was crazy to see because the crow had a different voice actor and the idea that was cut was the crow and you team up to go find Osiris. Hence why the lighthouse is empty. That was a story space that was going to be used. If any of you have been to the lighthouse, it's really creepy. You're like, what is this? What is, this place can't just be here to award victors of Osiris, you know, who went through Trials of Osiris, right? Right. So it's just an interesting look at all these characters and things that could have been but didn't happen. So thoughts right there, Diddy, before we do our next giant quote dump and wrap this up.
1: I think the next year of Destiny is going to prove to be very story rich um, because, you know, man, I really hope that cut scene from the Taken King with the Queen's brother, I really hope we see him again because that mm-hmm. would just be absolutely amazing and also we have the trials of osiris you know we we have we have the stranger really expect to see an osiris storyline coming in the next year or so um and man i'm just people are gonna say well yeah they wanted Destiny's story to be less linear and look at what we got it's a linear campaign right well there are a lot of storylines going on in destiny you know aside you know there is a main one where our guardian you know is you know going through specifically but there's a ton of different storylines right we have the hive we have rasputin we have the stranger we have the vex all those different storylines not so linear but also kind of linear i don't know i just i think multiple story arcs you know converging into one is a really cool idea Yeah, you bring up a good point there. I'll
0: continue here with another giant quote, and then we'll close this thing out. In December 2014, Diablo 3 director Joss Mosquera and a few other members of his team at Blizzard came to Bungie for a talk, according to two people who were there. The parallels were uncanny. Diablo 3 had launched to commercial success in 2012, but saw a great deal of criticism from fans, thanks to the randomized loot, the frustrating DRM, and a lack of endgame content. Both games shared a publisher, Activision, that thought Destiny could redeem itself in the fans' eyes the way Diablo three eventually had after its release end quote that's crazy so if you guys didn't play diablo three launched just like the criticism said bad endgame rng it wasn't up to the caliber that people had wanted then like a year later Reaper of Souls comes out, the expansion to Diablo 3. Transform the game. I've been playing Reaper of Souls here lately. It is unrecognizable. Basically, they have made it is the Taken King, you know, for Diablo. The parallels are really uncanny. I'll continue here with another quote. Before anyone could be redeemed, Bungie had to ship the Taken King, which had been going through its own set of development issues. Pre-production on this expansion, which was codenamed Comet, had started in late 2013. Two sources say the original plan was to release this major expansion at $60, and Include a brand new planet Europa, as well as a new area on Earth called the European Dead Zone. They also hope to add a totally new feature called multiple fire team activities, which is a source described like this: Imagine like you and I are in a fire team and we're fighting down this one path that converges with two other paths, and you get three fire teams all fighting together against a boss or against some sort of mobs. Let's say a designer. Oh, I'm gonna actually end quote right there. That feature. That's sort of teased in the public event section of the E3 2013 demo. Do you remember that, Diddy? At the very end when the Devil Walker shows up,
1: five or six other yep. guardians just come out of the woodwork for that public yep. event. Absolutely. You know, our fire team's going through the wall, and then we get into the the, the divide, which is yep. now known as, and then this other, guard, this other fire team comes from the rocket yards. This other fire team comes from the wall in front of us, which is not a playable space now in destiny and it's just everyone comes together for this boss fight i want a lot of that that is oh my gosh absolutely and that kind of falls into our line of that idea we had at show 33 of the wild right yeah totally yes absolutely we want more social experiences like that you know court of oryx is fun but those are player instigated and you know It doesn't really do a good job of matchmaking nine people together (laughs) because everybody has to run towards it, right? And then you actually have to start it yourself. Nah, that's not cool. I think it would be amazing if they entered something like this. You know, three fire teams happen to go down these three paths at the same time, and then a boss fight is triggered. That's what triggers it. Not, oh, I get to wait 15 minutes for the next public event. That's boring. I want three guardians in three different instances entering the same area. The game recognizes that, puts all three fire teams together, and it starts a boss fight immediately. Totally. totally. Let's do it.
0: And that's a feature that just didn't make its way off the uh, cutting board. Now, to close it out here, the development tools for Destiny apparently have a lot of complications. So I'm going to quote here again. <laughs> Let's say a designer wants to go in and move a resource node two inches. They go into the editor. First, they have to load their map overnight. It takes eight hours to input their map overnight. They get into the office in the morning. If their importer didn't fail, they open the map, takes about 20 minutes to open. They go in and then move that node two feet. Then they do a 15 to 20 minute compile, just to do a half-second change. People who have worked with Destiny's tech say the company is capable of powering incredible things behind the scenes like player matchmaking. It's also clear that Destiny is one of the best-looking video games ever made, but as a tool set for designers, sources say, Destiny's engine is subpar, and creating new maps and missions at Bungie can be a grueling process for developers. End quote. Eight hours to load up a map just to move Relic Iron two feet. That might explain a whole lot. It's not
1: worth it. You know, (laughs) working in the IT industry, you know, if something is that slow, you have to take a step back and say, hey, is it worth it to wait or do we need to spend the money to upgrade our technology? And at this point, it's like, I really, really don't like crapping on last generation consoles, but is this technology in use because it needs, this is what needs to happen or... Yeah. What am I trying to say? No, so, is this, require, like, is is this a requirement? Is this a requirement for last uh, uh, generation console yeah. content creation? I don't know. Because <laughs> there are some, for, for example, you know, to put it in retrospect or into an example, say I have this this server database that I need to access. Sometimes I need Internet Explorer version 4. It's yeah. ancient at this yeah. point. Yeah. Because we have Internet Explorer, what, 10, 9, 10, whatever 11, but. 12, 15. I can only access that stuff if I have Internet Explorer 4. Yep. Is it worth it at that point? Or do we need to take a step back and say, hey, let's do this upgrade. And then we're going to have to push last generation console down. But that's going to be the price to pay for Destiny's you know growth. Well, and here's the really crazy paradigm. They have to deliver yearly expansions.
0: The mm-hmm. Activision contract that leaked because of the lawsuit, like... They have to release yearly expansions. They don't have flexibility of changing those things. So they don't even have the time potentially to say, guys, we have to invest a lot of money changing our engine, this engine which was built for Destiny, by the way. They might not even have the time to do so before the next expansion. So <laughs> exactly, it's, it's got to be insanely hard to be working it's, at Bungie. And I have nothing... Uh, never mind. I mean, it's just got to be hard.
1: I yeah, hope. It's, if you make the decision to do the technology upgrade when do you do it you know yeah. you have to make a game every you have to make game content every single year right and yeah transferring you know upgrading your technology that takes time because you have to yeah one you you can't just install the new program and then just move everything over that's not just the case you have to make sure that everybody using the new program understands it and you know they can find the things they need to do just like they could in the old program. And that takes time, you know, time to adjust to the new technology. And sometimes all of destiny's files, are they going to be compatible with this new technology? That's what you have to find out. And it's a huge undertaking.
0: Over the next year, we're probably going to see through drip feed content, the European dead zone, the new planet Europa, the Mars raid that was supposed to be within the game. I think we're going to see all of these things being re-added back in through drip feed content, their live content team. And I'm kind of a, complained and worried about drip feed content over the next year basically the idea guys is there's not going to be a dlc 3 or dlc 4 prior to destiny 2 we're just going to get this little bits and pieces of story added to the game every few weeks like we've kind of been having and light levels increasing just little bits if that is somehow aiding them create destiny 2 to be a better game if they don't have to focus and put resources towards a dlc 3 or dlc 4 and they can just
1: put that energy into making destiny 2 better than it can be I am so for that, you know? Yeah, and here's the thing. I just, I just talked about new technology implementation, and you just reminded me. All this content that we're potentially going to see in this next year was supposedly cut from the original game. So it's been in development for a while. If it's almost ready, this, this next year would be the perfect time for Bungie to upgrade their technology because they just released this drip feed content of content that was supposedly cut that's been in production for years. That's when they upgrade the technology and get that time. It's not time wasted because you already have stuff developed, you know, or almost finished, right? Yeah. It's the live content team can devote themselves to it. They don't have to pull additional resources. Exactly. And you can upgrade all of the designers, map creators, artists, all that other stuff. You can upgrade all their technology while the live content team, you know, progressively adds this new content to the game. I think this would be an ideal time for that. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd love to talk more about this, but we're already at 40 minutes. Really interesting article. Please go take a look at it. We just paraphrased a lot. There's so much more content within here. And do you remember, sources, nobody officially was named actually giving a <laughs> quote. Staten didn't like comment on it. Bungie didn't comment on it. But this is along the same veins as all the rumors we've been hearing this last year. And it does kind of make sense if you go back and look at that. Go watch the end of the 2013 E3 g- gameplay demo. You'll see a lot of stuff that was cut there. All I know is I love the Taken King, man. Each week I'm coming back to it going, this is, they really stepped their game up with year two. This is not the game we were playing last year. Where can people find
1: your content? YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S and Twitter.com slash Diddy D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S.
0: Excellent. Remember to hang out with our friends over at DestinyTracker.com, the best stat tracking site in all the Destiny universe. You can find us at DestinyTheShow.com, on Twitter at DestinyTheShow, and on Twitch at DestinyTheShow. You can follow me at BBKDragoon on both Twitter and YouTube. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Good luck in hard mode. Eyes up, Guardians.